0: If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open those up. If you follow the Bible on your phone a device, I want to encourage you to turn with me, uh, go to the Gospel of John, but uh, we're going to get there in just a few moments, John chapter 13. I'm going to be preaching from there and also from the epistle of John as well. But I want to read three scriptures I'm going to start a series here this morning called Together, and I want you to see these. I want to just make a a couple of brief comments on these. I want you to catch what the scriptures have to say about being together, and the first one is found in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, when the Bible says, "Owe nothing to anyone. Okay? So pay your debts. It's a really good testimony. If you're behind, you owe someone the bank or whatever it is. uh, They're rich. They got it. No. Oh, take care of your debts. He says, by the way, except there's one, your obligation to love one another. We're always in debt to love one another. Now, I want you to say this phrase with me, one another. Okay. Key, love one another. The next scripture is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. Regarding life together and getting along with each other, God wants that. Now, we, now I want you to catch this. He's talking about us doing life together. He says, I want you to get along with each other. You don't need me to tell you <clears throat> what to do. You're God taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. Keep it up. Get better and better at it. Paul is a great encourager. He's not not someone that nags and says, man, you need to love uh, other people. He says, listen, church. He says, you know what? When it comes to the area of, of love and relationships, guys, You're really good at it. You're doing a great job at it. Keep it up. He says, by the way, keep on going. He says, you can keep on growing and keep on going northward in the area of relationships and love. You've got room to grow. And so there's a word here for people that are very involved in Calvary Church. You're in the family. You're in. You're serving, you're, you're devoted, you're loving your brothers and sisters. And God says, guess what, my brother? Guess what, my son and daughter? He says, you can still grow in the area of relationships and love. And then third, I want you to catch the heart of Peter. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. This is what God really wants to do in churches. He wants churches and people to be knit together Hearts to hearts, soul to souls, spirits to spirit. God wants us to be so connected. Okay, He doesn't want us just to know one another's names and where people sit on Sunday mornings. We got that down. We're people of routines. I can, I'm doing. In fact, I do attendance on Sunday morning, right to left, left to right. Okay, I know who's here and who's not here. Okay, you guys are creatures of habits. Okay, and uh, so it's pretty easy to go ahead and and to find out what's going on. But He says. I want you to go beyond just getting to know someone's name. He said, I want you to love brothers and sisters deeply from your heart. How does that happen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking, Lord, as we start this series on together, that, Lord, you would, Lord, correct anything that's in our hearts, in our minds, that's off, that's worldly, that's not biblical thinking or precepts or principles. God, I'm asking for you to do something supernatural in the area of relationships. God, would you help connect us together so that we can truly love one another deeply from the heart? And everybody said, amen. Amen. Designers... Manufacturers and teams, okay, especially that are out there in the public have logos and trademarks. These these trademarks and these logos are are kind of what they're about and what they represent. I'm gonna go ahead and put a couple on the screen and when you see these, you're gonna automatically know as soon as you see okay, yeah, that's it. But let's go ahead. I want you to see these. You guys all know this one, right? Nike, okay. Anybody wearing any Nike shoes here today? Raise your hand. Anybody got Nike products then? Okay, second one, we know this next one, Apple, okay. Apple, how many people here own uh, an, an iPhone? Anybody has an iPhone here in this place? An iPad, something that, that, that's Apple, okay. Raise them up high, I just wanted to see. Okay, man, you are more than the others. Okay, all right. Uh, the next one is, uh, you, I hope that you get a chance to know this one. You, 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 uh, okay, okay. <laughs> this is my favorite team. This is where I was born, okay. The Detroit Lions, they start next week, man. And they're going to have a great season, by the way. They may even go to the Super Bowl. I am not kidding on that. <laughs> uh, And you say, Pastor Mike, you're a hopeless op. Listen, they made the playoffs last year. So I I, I got hope, you know. They're going to do it two years in a row. I don't know where, but we'll see what happens. Next one is, uh, who who is that? Polo, okay. Uh, I remember back in the 80s when I was going to college, uh, it, it was like, polo cologne. It's in a green bottle. I mean, it's still out there, but polo cologne. That was the cologne for the guys back in the 80s, okay? Anybody remember the 80s, whatever? But I remember when I was going to school at it was like dinner time and it was like guys were taking baths in cologne. I mean, polo cologne. I mean, you could smell them from, you know, I mean, 40, 50 feet away or here they are trying to attract a girl, okay? So polo, the next one is uh, that is very famous FedEx Express. Now, I want you to take a look at this. I just saw this recently. Inside of this logo, there is a hidden, there's something hidden in there on purpose, but it's there. Can you see there? There's, there's it's between the E and the X. Do you see it? What is it? It's an arrow okay, they, it's subliminally something that they wanted to do, okay, and the, the point behind it is that the arrow is quick, and it's going to hit its mark, okay, and they, they get the package there on time, and they get it to the, its right destination, now, I, I, I want you to see something here this morning, I want to kind of make the co- connection right here, what's God's trademark, what's God's logo, What does God really want to be known for, and really, and to really know the essence of who He is? It's who He is, and who belong to Him. The trademark of the High and Holy One is love. Love is the logo of God. It's his identification point, okay? Now, there's many aspects to God. But he wants to be known, seen, and recognized for his love. John chapter 13, you're already there. I want you to see here, in verse 31, Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples. And uh, in John chapter 13 through John chapter 17, Jesus is having a discussion. He's talking with the disciples. He's about ready to go to trial and and going to be executed soon. And so he's sharing his last thoughts with them before he goes through this massive trial. And his words to, to them is this. Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son and will glory, glorify him at once. Now, you notice that there was a word uh, that was used five times in two verses, glorify or glorified. Okay, so it's a very important word that you and I should know. What does glory mean? Okay, you can put this down. If, if you were on the street and, and you didn't know anything about the Bible and you're starting to read the Bible for the first time and maybe you were in a gang or something like this, what does he mean by being glorified or glory, okay? Write this word down. It means to advertise or to show off. If I was to use a street term, it, it means God is showing off Jesus, Jesus is showing off God, okay, bragging on God and who God is, and God's bragging on Jesus and who Jesus is. And then the Holy Spirit jumps in a little bit later, and he begins to brag on Jesus. The Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are an advertising agency. They glory in each other. They, they, they put each other uh, uh, on display to say, this is who he is. Now, this ad agency needs salespeople, and these salespeople will go out and talk about the agency that is headed by God. And what does the sale agency do, and how do they operate? I want you to go down with me to verse 34. And Jesus says, these, these new salespeople, he says, I'm going I'm to give you a new command, love one another. Say that phrase with me, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. so this ad agency is known for what love okay love. now the question is, what is Bible love? Please write this down. What does it mean to love now there's all kinds of definitions you can read First Corinthians chapter thirteen, a great uh, a great uh, discourse and uh, and what love's, love is, but I wanted to kind of just compress it. What Bible love, when you come right down to it, it's the decision, okay, to compassionately and truthfully seek the well-being of another. And it starts, first of all, in your home. It works out in this home, this family, amongst brothers and sisters. It's the decision to compassionately and truthfully Speak, seek the well-being of another, okay? Now, here's the thing about love. I, I, now, put this down. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. Because there's going to be plenty of times where people will have a need. There's something going on in their life, and you're not, quote, feeling the love. You don't have one warm fuzzies towards this person. In fact, you might not even really care for this person or even like but irregardless of how you feel, you're going you're to compassionately and truthfully seek the well-being and help meet the needs that are in their lives. And Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. I, 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 a new command, I give it to you. Love here is not, by the way, it's not recommended. It's a command. And so now we, now we can go ahead and take that command and choose not to go ahead and obey it or we can go ahead and choose to obey it. And if we do that, there's huge upside to a, to a son and daughter who's in God's family and said, I'm in, God. I'm going to make a decision to seek the well-being of my brothers and sisters. But some of you are saying, you know what? Pastor, I really don't like getting involved with groups. And I don't like getting with, with people. I, I'm introverted. I'm a quiet person. Uh, I don't, you know, that kind of drains me. It, and folks, first of all, we don't do it because it's not about us, first of all. It's about other people first. We put, we put others first, okay? I call it joy. Jesus first, others second, and ourself last, and, and so we put people before ourselves, even though our personalities, you know, we're introverted and, and we're not, we kind of shy, we're, we're to ourselves. But, Lord, I, Lord, even in spite of how you may be, my personality, God, I'm going to come there, Lord, to meet the needs, Lord, of my brothers and sisters. Some of you may even come to the point, well, I don't even like these people. That's okay. But you can love them. And you can selflessly love them by seeking their well-being. And Jesus is calling on his sales team to practice and do love publicly. It happens on Sunday mornings. It's going to be happening throughout the whole week through, hopefully, you're going to see through our our, our connection groups, our home groups, what we call our life groups. Jesus said this, I want you to practice love amongst one another. Why? So that all men... All people will know that you are my disciples. In order to do that, you have to show it. It has to be demonstrated to be shown that you are a disciple of the Lord. So I want to ask you a question here this morning. For those who come on Sunday mornings, who are you demonstrating love towards and seeking their well-being? Who have you done over in this last month? I know I'm looking out here. I scan the audience. I know I see people that are deeply connected, and loving one another. But there's others of you that are here this morning. I want to ask you a question. Are you seeking the well-being of the brothers and sisters that you attend with on Sunday mornings? What makes Jesus real to the outsider, to the people who are unchurched here in Citrus County? The people are unchurched and unsaved, and all of a sudden, they walk into a place like this, or they come to a life group. Many people won't come to a a gathering like this. It's very threatening to them, but if they're invited to come to a home, they'll come, and they see. Listen, Jesus says it's not preaching. It's not not pastors that can get up and and preach lights-out sermons. It's not even worship as, as much as we believe in worship and, and, and preaching, and all those things are good. He says it's the love relationships that happen amongst God's people that when, when outsiders, okay, who don't know God and they see what's going on, how much they care for each other, that's the reality of God in their lives. God says, I want people who know me, who belong to me, I want them to be so serious about belonging to one another because it's through that people will know me. But here's the thing. God's going to allow some people in your life, if, get, if you get serious about loving one another, and it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you some time, some energy, maybe some of your financial resources, maybe some clothes out of your closet or your dresser. I don't know what it is. It may be a hammer. It may be, I don't know what it is. But here's what's going to happen. God's going to allow people in your life that you won't like. Guaranteed. Uh, if you say, the Holy Spirit speaking hearts, and you say, I know I'm not connected to people here at Calvary, but I I see the scripture, the lights going on. But man, I'm just not sure about this. Here's some. I promise you, there's going to be people that come. If you get in a group, there's going to be people with a personality. They're, they're kind of maybe really aggressive. You're kind of more passive. Uh, there's going to be some sandpaper sandpaper people that just kind of rub you the wrong way, some people that are obnoxious, and you're going to say, and here's what you're going to do. You're, you're going to kind of want to. Now, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I mean, I get paid, okay, uh, to do church, okay, and, and to lead and to go, and I want to. I want to. I through the thirty years that I've been a pastor, I've met many people that uh, that I don't necessarily like, okay. They're not my kind of people, okay? Uh, they're not kind of people that I would necessarily hang with, you know? And there's been some people, to be honest with you, through the 30 years, from being a youth pastor and being a senior pastor, uh, that, I, to be honest with you, I mean, I was kind of doing this, and, you know, they're over there, and I'm just going to keep on going, act like I didn't even see them. You're the pastor, and you're getting paid for I know it, okay? Help me, Jesus, Okay? I, there's this people, and and what God has called me, not just as a pastor, but as a brother and sister, rather than moving from them, is to move towards them, because there's a reason why God's doing that. It's because that person with that personality, God is putting them in your life, because you know what? It really kind of shows the condition of our heart, and God says, I'm going to use them to grow you up in the area of of love. And, uh, and, and because th- that person believe it or not God's going to use I don't know how God's going to do that and he does that all of a sudden we begin to mature in our faith mature in our relationships. So promise obnoxious people strong people rough people will come your way it will go with the territory but you'll be better for it in the end. Now, when you look at this in John chapter 13 The disciples are there in the upper room with Jesus. And there's one in particular that's really listening to this message. His name is John. And uh, out of the 12 disciples, when you read this, the apostle John was super close. uh, Probably, if there was ever a favorite of Jesus, it it could have been John. And and John was so mesmerized by the person of Jesus and who he was and what he represented. He wrote another uh, letter, uh, they're in the back of the Bible. I want you to go with me. If you have your Bible, go to First John, uh, the epistle of John. And he writes a whole book about love and our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. I want you to catch a couple of things. God's going to show you some things about loving one another and getting – does anybody – first of all, can I, would anybody just like to get closer to God? Okay. Anybody feel like, yeah, I need to get closer to God? This message about being connected to one another, you're going to see how – important in that place. First John chapter 2, verse 9. The one, talking about a Christian who professes to be a Christian, who says he is in the light, yet hates his brother, is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light. Okay, that's where God is. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. So not loving, it's very clear, right? If you're not loving, you're in what? darkness. If you are loving your brother, you're in the what? The light. Okay, you got it. Okay, here it is. If you are loving God's family, if you're loving God's family, you're in the light. Write this down. God does not operate in shadows or in darkness. God only operates in the light. So if that is true, that means God operates, okay? Okay, in the light, and light is love. So if you're not loving, you're not hanging out where God is. Do you want to hang out where God is? Here it is. You hang out with his family, his his sons and daughters, and your brothers and sisters, and you begin to start seeking their well-being. God, I'm making a commitment that I'm going to hang out, Lord, with my brothers and sisters and get to know them and invest my life in their lives. How do we begin to do that? One, through our life groups. We made an intentional decision about three or four years ago. This is for those who are new to our church. Uh, Wednesday nights, we, we would meet together. We had wonderful worship, teaching. We had a number of people that were coming and had a number of things. But God was just so speaking to my heart about this, and I said, how do we do these one another's? I mean, if we're just meeting together all the time, how do we even get to know each other? And seeing in the Bible that the church was so connected, they were meeting in their homes together almost, I mean, six to seven days a week. I mean, they were literally doing life together. And so we made a decision to go ahead, shut down the Wednesday night services and begin to do something called Koinea Life Groups so that we could begin to develop relationships and love could begin to flow. And what we've seen through the last couple of years, there have been so many wonderful, warm relationships that would have never happened if we would not strategically made that move. And, and we have become healthier because of that. Okay, can we get healthier? Absolutely. Have we arrived? Absolutely not. But I believe this okay? That, that means God has called us to be loving, and, and if you're going to be loving, you're going to be involved in their lives. And one of the reasons why Christians are not experiencing, listen to this, are not experiencing more of God is because they're not connected horizontally to their brothers. They're not loving them. They're not seeking their well-being. That means God is in the very midst of his sons and daughters. Let me give you an example of this, just to kind of make my point. Uh, Phenomenon that has happened over the last maybe six, seven years. How many? How many got their smartphone on them? Just go oh ahead, yeah, just I'm just curious. How many got a smartphone? Just all right. Teenagers and smartphones. Uh, let me just talk to your par- to the parents here right now. Uh, if you tell your, your your son or daughter go to your room, okay? It's really not an effective form of punishment or discipline. A lot of them already have a TV in there, okay? And if they don't have their, they have a device, okay? They, or they have an iPad, or they have a, a laptop, or they have their smartphone. And listen, they're doing life, okay? Now in their bedroom, okay? They just go in there, they shut the door, and they're there for hours, okay? And all of a sudden, something creeps in called hunger. And they, they, they smell the cooking. When's dinner gonna be ready? Okay, and when's dinner, when dinner's ready, they come out of the room, okay, and, and they, want, they want food, and they would for food, food over the family. It's happening, okay? And, and, and then when it's all done, you know, and dishes, you know, they're, they're finding an excuse to get out of it, you know, whatever, I, I'm speaking to families right now, they don't want to do the dishes, and they're scooting right back to, and doing life together on, on their phones, and, folks, it's it, it's a picture of the church right now where the church, it wants the food, but it doesn't want the family. Hey, man, it, 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 I, hey, I'm good. You know, I just, hey, just give me, a, give me a sermon on Sunday morning, and I'm good to go the rest of the week. No, you're not. No, you're not. It, 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 and I want to tell you something. You haven't even come close, how close you can't. To get to God and, and, and grow in your relationship until you begin to connect in relationship to one another. Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we connecting with one another? We've heard about this before, and some people are saying, Pastor, you just don't know. My life is busy. It's an inconvenience. But I want to say, are God's people willing to be inconvenienced so they can love? Absolutely they are. Why? Because Jesus modeled it. First John 3.16, the other John 3.16, went through the ultimate inconvenience. We know what love is by this, that he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Is that talking about literally laying down, being willing to die? Well, Well, maybe. No, it's literally giving of ourselves, of our time and our resources and our energy to help meet needs in our brothers' and sisters' lives. He says, whoever has the world's goods, we've got the means, and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. So love here is is not dying, it's sustaining through giving what you need. This was the early church, folks. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of trying to stamp out Christianity, uh, Christianity was exploding. It was was just going through the roof. There was two reasons. One was the power of God was manifest uh, in in the services and when they were meeting homes. But the number one reason why the church was growing, it was in the area because the, the brothers and sisters We're so bonded to one another and committed to meeting one another's needs. Listen, when when there was a need, and, and someone in the group or in the home and said, hey, we, we pray with us about it. And if they didn't have the need, they would go on a two-day fast and pray for that person or that family. God help them out. And during that fast, they're saving up. They're, and if, if they And if they were willing to go ahead and give their financial resources or their food resources to help out an individual or a family. And the outsiders... The people who didn't know God, they saw this love that was happening amongst the church brothers, and they were going, oh my goodness, this must be real. And they joined the family of God, and God had touched their lives as well. Jesus says, and the Bible says, whoever has the world's good and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him. Here's just another question. Do we even see one another's needs? I mean, you got to be involved in order to be able to see one another's needs, right? That's kind of just elementary. That's The church probably, most of the people in don't know one another's needs. Well, how are you going to find out about one another's needs? Get involved in a life group. One of the things that begins to happen, pray for me about this. Oh, man, okay, man, I got your back covered. I'm praying for you. And all of a sudden, needs begin to be, get met. This word abide. I want you to, Underline that word. Church gave of its time and resources. It literally means to hang out. How does God's love, how does God, how is God even hanging out with you if you're not loving? Am I saying that you're not saved? I'm not saying that. But he says having the deep presence of God really in your life? He said, how can, that even, how can God be hanging out with you if you're not loving brothers and sisters? If you're not hanging out with the brethren, is it possible that God's not hanging out with you? Is it possible that the reason that maybe you feel so distant from God, you don't feel him anymore, is because you're not hanging out with your brothers and sisters? When one of my kids distanced themselves, from their brother or sister they're distancing themselves from me because I am the father of all eight of my kids so when my son says you know and they and they're struggling they're not getting along well together and all of a sudden they make a decision i don't want to have nothing to do with you when you make that decision you're you're also pushing me away because i'm a father of all eight you see there are christians who want the father want to worship the father but they don't want the family. Love says the opposite. Love says, you're my brother, you're my sister, and, and you need me, and I need you. And, and, and because I need you and you need me, we're going to be connected to one another. God says, you don't want the family, then you don't want me, because we're a package deal. I was just hearing something the other day. Uh... Guy was uh, single and wanting to meet someone and and a companion of the opposite sex, wanting to get married and and a girl uh, started to talk with her in in, in the first conversation. They're talking, met her on, on the internet and and she's a single mom. First thing she wanted to know, she said, "I have kids and uh, we're a package deal." I said hey, that's good. Right there, no surprises. Oh, by the way, all of a sudden he sees this beautiful girl and uh, and he has no idea that she has uh, family or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. No, right up front. God says, we're a package deal. If you really want me, you got to have to want my family as well. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. That's his logo, folks. There it is. And and if you were to have a symbol of what God's love is, it's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is love when it says right here, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right here, folks, the greatest symbol, the greatest logo in all of the world, a demonstration of God's love right there is found there at the cross. God says, I want people to know how much I love them. There's the demonstration of my love to rescue them from the pit of hell. God does not just love. It's who he is. It, it's his nature. And he who loves is hooked up with God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. The evidence, by the way, that's the key to getting into God's kingdom. You've got to be born again, John 3.3. 3. You must be born again. He says it twice, must be born again in the spirit. The evidence that you have been born again in the spirit is God's love is flowing out through you towards your brothers and sisters, and it starts with your family. He who loves is hooked up with God. 1 John 4, 12, no one has ever seen God with his physical eyes, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We can't see God with our physical eyes. However, we can see God through people. Because when I make a decision, I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to love my sister. I'm going to invest in their lives. And it's going to be through that exchange and them coming back towards me, loving on me. We're going to see a wonderful display. We position ourselves to see God in our life, in our needs. Met. I want to read to you one more scripture here. First John four sixteen. And so we know and rely on the love of God, the love of God that he has for us. Here it is. Let everything be established by two or three witnesses. God is love. There's the logo. Whoever lives and loves, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. By the way, this is one of my prayers for you. This is what I pray for myself. I rely on the love of God to see me through life. When I'm messing up, when I blow it, when I have a bad week, I have a, a bad day, I'm not relying on Mike Rick. I'm relying on the love of God. He loves me in spite of my mess-ups. When I, when I blowing it, I, I'm relying on the love of God. And I know some of you had a bad week, and I just want to steer you back to the cross. He still loves you unconditionally. No, he didn't love what you did. He still loves you, and I I want to encourage you to rely on the love of God. and, And not only that, but he's going to help you through life. I rely on God's love, and that pulls me through. And he says, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Say judgment. There's a judgment day coming our way. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, all of us judgment all of our life okay is going to be on video all of our life that means all the thoughts the bad thoughts the good thoughts all the all the thoughts in your life all of the words that's come out of your mouth and all the deeds it's all going to be on a tape it's all going to be on video it's going to be 3d high definition okay and, uh, and the Bible says, even goes to this point, it says even the, the secrets of our heart are going to be laid bare. Now, how many have a lot of confidence going into judgment knowing that God has all of this information on you? Does that breed a lot of confidence in you? Not me, okay? It, it does it for, for me. By the way, there's two judgments. Write these down. The judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment it's for those who are found when the, when, when the book is open and their, their name is not written down there in the book of life, okay? Uh, they are cast away then, the Bible describes, into, into the lake of fire. The angels take them there. You don't want to be in that judgment. Then there's the judgment seat of Christ, the famous seat of Christ, okay? Those, it's for those who are born again and for those who are saved, and believe it or not, our deeds and our motives and why we did certain things in life are going to be exposed, okay? And we, we get to heaven, okay, but there's still going to be a judgment. And, and, and John says, he says, those people can have a confidence when they're going towards that judgment. And the question is, what gives you confidence, okay? And I call it, right, say this word, highlight reel, Okay? Back in 2010, uh, it was my son's senior year, he was going to graduate, and uh, He had been on the football team, and uh, as a junior, he had a pretty good year. uh, uh, But he was totally an unknown commodity. Uh, He played linebacker, and uh, but his senior year, he had worked out hard, trained, and had a lights-out year. He finished third in the state, third for the most tackles in the state. It was awesome. I mean, I was his dad, but I said this guy's the most awesome football player, you know. And I, I was bragging on my son, glorying in my son, and. And But no one knew about him, so we put together a highlight reel. Can we go ahead? It, 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 the, it, can I just tell you something about a highlight reel? What you're going to see, I, if you want to if you go, go to YouTube and just Mike Rarick, you'll see this, okay? He's here today sitting in the front row, okay? just about, He just happened to be visiting us. He didn't know that this was going to be happening today. But uh, anyways, in a highlight reel, uh, all your best plays are up there. So for six minutes, okay, and it, it, it's the plays, you know, the tackles, the fumbles, the interceptions uh, that were made. And so we began to go ahead and, and, and send them to the coaches here uh, in, in different colleges, uh, in, in especially in the southeast and in different parts. Of the, and when they began to see this, and some of the coaches were going, wow, that's impressive. Now, when a team, a football team, uh, is interested in a player, especially in the NFL, and they're going to make an investment, they're going to draft them, okay, they, they've seen their highlight reel. But guess what else? They, they're not going to just see their highlight reel. They want to see their whole games. They got, they, got, they got the picture. They got a video of the whole game. And so they're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly plays that they made, okay, because they want to see what they're going to be investing in. Okay, and uh, and and it's like if we're going to make this investment, we want to make sure that he really has the good. Well, here's what happens. Here's what it comes with us when when we stand before the Lord and 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 we stand before God and and, and maybe even we feel this way, but Lord, I messed up. And God, I had some bad weeks and I had some bad months. But Lord, I, I, you know what? When it really comes down to it, my first and foremost hope is is not in is not in my It's first and foremost in, in what Jesus did for me on the cross. I believe that He paid the price for my sins. And I, I, there's nothing, Jesus, that I can do that can take away. God, there's a, it's it's only Your Son, Jesus. It's His highlight reel. It takes away my sins. But Lord, I, I heard that sermon on a on a Sunday morning. On September 6th, when Pastor Mike was beginning to preach about loving one another, and I took it to heart, Lord, and I began to pray about it and say, God, who can I love? And Lord, I made an investment in my brothers and sisters. I, I got involved in a life group, Lord, and, and I began to learn other people's names, began to learn about their lives, began to start praying for them. And Lord, uh, did you see what I did on that day? Lord, I helped out that person. I had to lose sleep over this. I gave God. And Lord, I know my, I made some bad plays, but Lord, did you see what the holy spirit did for me lord that's a highlight in my life and i want to tell you something my brothers and sisters your pastor your brother in, your brother right here is working on his highlight tape right now i want my highlight tape i don't want it to be sparse i want my highlight tape of love to be totally full I want it to be authentic, not because I was paid a professional to be a pastor, but I authentically love my brothers and sisters and other people who don't know the Lord right now with God's love. And I say this to you. When you wake up tomorrow morning and as well as today, say, God, who can I love today, Lord? God, who can I love, Lord, at Calvary? Who's the pe- God, this is all I have to offer. But, Lord, what I do have to offer, Lord, I'm going to give it to them. If it's my time, if it's five bucks, if it's a hammer, if it's moving something, Lord, I, I'm doing it, Lord. And we do it in the name of the Lord, not for our own glory, but for him to be glorified. It, it's there. It's on a highlight reel. Will we be able to brag on it? No, but we can say, Lord, look at what the Holy Spirit did through me, and, Lord, what your love did through me. So I ask you this question. Who are love loving today in the body of Christ, his church, the local church? Will you be connected? Will you serve? Will you love? That's the question of the hour. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. to those who have been with me for the last three or four years. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the person that James talked about. Don't be just a hearer of God's word, but be a doer. James puts pressure on us. Faith without deeds is dead. God's called us to love in word and deed. It starts here. Love starts in the family. If you say, Pastor, guilty, Holy Spirit's dealing with my heart right now, and I'm making a decision starting this day to love brothers and sisters. I'm not going to just be a Sunday morning Christian. I'm going to give my life. I'm going to lay down my life for the church, for the family. I recognize that's a call that God has in my life. This morning, right now, just I want you to pray with me. The Holy Spirit has dealt with hearts. Just for those who are here and you say, man, I I need to grow in this area. Or I haven't even started in this area, but I, I want God to begin to do his work in my heart. Just lift up your hands here. No one's looking. Eyes closed hands lifted right now let's just let's get honest before the lord say lord just you know my heart god you know i want to serve you lord you know i want to know you but lord there's a selfish side of me that needs to be dealt with god i'm asking you to do that work come on let's just lift up our hands father in jesus name hands all across this place people wanting to grow in the area of love towards one another Come on, this is your moment. Don't miss this. Let the Holy Spirit begin to do his work. Lord, we, we agree with your word, that loving one another, Lord, is what you want to do through us. And, God, we just lift our hands and we say, Lord, we're willing to be your instrument. We're willing, Lord, to be a vessel of love towards our brothers and sisters. And, Lord, we ask you today, God, to, to just so do a work in our minds, Lord, and, God, we, we pray, God, that we would graduate from having to do it to, Lord, that we, we want to do it, and so we get to do it, Lord, to love. i asking, God, that you would do that supernatural work in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.